In this episode, is street photography ethical? Hey everybody, Keith Dotson here, and you know, street photography is one of the most dynamic and I think most difficult forms of photography to do well. All you have to do is look at the body of work of the very best of this breed of photographers to see what a terrific exploration and expression of humanity it can be. But watching the photographers in action, seeing some of the work that's done, it makes me question, is street photography ethical? I don't mean is it legal. In most countries, it's perfectly legal to photograph people in public places where they have no expectation of privacy. But just because you can take someone's photograph without their permission doesn't mean that it's okay. And what about those photographers who approach their subjects aggressively? As I was writing and researching the script for this episode, an opinion piece was published in the New York Daily News by a woman who's been repeatedly photographed by aggressive street photographers. She's called the practice, and I'm quoting, a vehicle of gender-based violence in public places, end quote. The author of the op-ed equates encounters with allegedly invasive photographers as an assault. She's even calling for a law to protect women against such photography, a law that's highly unlikely to be enacted and even less likely to survive constitutional scrutiny, but it illustrates how strongly she feels about her experiences. You may have heard the news earlier this year that Fujifilm removed one of its ambassadors, Tokyo-based street photographer Tatsuo Suzuki, from its ex-photographer program because of his aggressive style. Suzuki had been featured in one of Fujifilm's own promotional videos, and his way of getting in people's faces without permission or warning created a backlash of negative feedback. Even among the street photography community, opinions were divided on Suzuki's technique. Suzuki's method is reminiscent of New York street photographer Bruce Gilden, whose in-your-face style can be witnessed in the documentary film Everybody's Street. It was seeing Gilden at work in that film that became the kernel idea for this podcast. He gleefully prowls the crowded streets like a predator, often steps into people's paths, startling them as he shoves a camera in their face up close using an off-camera flash. In one sequence, you can see him get into an altercation with a young woman who doesn't appreciate having her photo taken. Interviewed in the film, even Gildan himself says with a grin that it's good that not every street photographer is like him or they'd probably ban photography. He said he has to jump in people's faces to isolate them from the background. He says that if a photographer tries to become invisible using small cameras and less aggressive styles, they're just being sneaky. I suspect this style of aggressive street photography may be primarily a New York City phenomenon, but Suzuki has shown it can take root even in more polite places like Tokyo. By the way, Bruce Gildan is a magnum photographer and a Guggenheim Fellow. Everybody's Street is an excellent documentary of New York City street photographers and can be watched in full on YouTube. I'll put a link in the write-up. This episode isn't about any particular photographer, but I'm going to start by talking briefly about Vivian Mayer. Unless you've been under a rock, you've heard the incredible story of how her work was discovered. I would love to do a whole podcast on Vivian, but there's already so much great stuff about her work out there that I don't see the point of retreading it. But on this point, there's no question, Vivian's tremendous body of street photography has added and is continuing to add to the art world discourse. She made some of the most brilliant, sensitive, insightful street photographs ever taken, in my opinion. Street photography is not about standing on a corner and snapping off pictures of random passers-by, although I see that kind of thing very often. It takes a skilled eye and exquisite timing to find the decisive moment, the scenario that has some special twist or item of interest that makes the shot extraordinary. Vivian Mayer seemed to do this effortlessly. There's example after example where she identified and captured intriguing people and situations on the streets of Chicago and elsewhere. Many of her subjects were aware of her and seemed to be posing or allowing the photograph with either implied or expressed permission. 
I would argue that women probably have an easier time with approaching strangers on the street to ask for a photograph. They may be perceived as less threatening or suspicious. There are many stories of male street photographers being met with confrontations or even violence while trying to take photographs of strangers. In other of Mare's photographs, the subjects were clearly unaware of the fact she was photographing them. She shot people from behind or from side angles, shot people through windows, she shot people sitting in cars, she shot parts of people like their legs, their bums, or their hands. She made a series of images of drunks or homeless people that I would call pretty invasive. The subjects were often sleeping or out of it enough to be unaware of her. She shot a man stretched out, fully dressed, sleeping on the beach, but she shot him from behind so he's unidentified. On the whole, Vivian Mayer's work was done sensitively and beautifully, and I'll admit I'm a member of the cult of Vivian, so I think her work is among the best photographs ever taken. The more you look at it, the more you come away thinking she was a bit of a genius. But here's the thing. Vivian Mayer didn't post her photographs to Instagram or anywhere else. She didn't even develop the bulk of her film. Yes, she made some very unflattering images of people without their permission, along with her delicate and gorgeous street portraits of others, but she didn't put those photographs into the public eye. Others have done that since her death. And that's the crux of my question. Is it ethical to photograph people and use their likeness in exhibitions or on Instagram or in a book or wherever? I began learning photography in junior high school, and in high school, I was a school yearbook photographer. I had my own camera, and I would often use my free time to wander the hallways and the campus looking for people or activities to photograph. One day, I approached an acquaintance, a guy I knew, raised my camera to snap a portrait. Before I clicked the shutter, he told me not to take his photograph, and I was a little surprised. I lowered the camera and kind of laughed him off, but he said he was serious, explaining that he had the same philosophy as Native Americans, that having your photograph taken steals part of your soul, and he didn't want his photograph taken. First of all, I don't know how sure I am that Native Americans actually have or ever had that belief. There are lots of portraits of Native Americans from history. But anyways, that was my first encounter with someone who was confrontational about not wanting their photograph taken, and so I let it go. But that was a long time ago, and the experience still stays with me, obviously. Of course, Vivian Mayer is just one of the many great photographers who have done or still do their work on the streets of the great cities like New York or other places. Joel Meyerowitz, Gary Winogrand, Helen Levitt, Daido Moriyama, Henri Cartier-Bresson, Elliot Erwitt, Bill Cunningham are just a few of the names who have elevated street photography to, an art, to a true art form. I don't question the value of street photography, but I ask myself, where is the ethical line? Or is there an ethical line? If I'm remembering my college ethics class correctly, there are two opposing thoughts here. The first is, does the end justify the means? In other words, does the creation of art outweigh the rights of the person being photographed? But there's another tenet of ethics that I remember that may also be applicable here, and that's the idea that it's not ethical to use another person to accomplish our goals. I'm sure there are many more ethical theories and guidelines out there to support arguments on both sides of this issue, but those are two that I remember. Japanese photographer Kohei Yoshiyuki is famous for his series called The Park. For various reasons, in the 1970s, there developed a subculture of couples meeting for intimate encounters in the urban green spaces of Tokyo late at night. In grainy black-and-white night photographs, Yoshiyuki made a series of images of couples in the act, lying on the ground in the bushes and foliage of Tokyo parks, often surrounded by male spectators. Faces were often obscured or turned away from the camera, but still. And then there's the late, lovable, white-haired fashion photographer Bill Cunningham, who said the fashion show was on the street. He specialized in shooting the vibrant street fashion scene on the streets of New York. He shot fashionable people with and without their knowledge. In the documentary Bill Cunningham, New York, we see Cunningham, slim and spry in his 80s, dodging and weaving through crowded streets to get the shots. 
One well-dressed person caught unaware by Cunningham's lens said in the film that a friend called him at home to tell him that there were 17 pictures of him in the New York Times. His reaction was positive, saying he was walking on a cloud for weeks. But in the movie, we see Cunningham shooting film with lightning speed. Getting captured by Cunningham, who died in 2016, may have been a special case. Even the ordinarily sullen editor of Vogue, Anna Wintour, smiled exuberantly in an interview about Cunningham, saying he had documented her looks time and again on the street since she was age 19. She said he always snaps off two quick shots, or sometimes he ignores you, which is just death in her words. So being shot by Cunningham is seen by many as an honor, even if you wind up in the newspaper without knowing it. But even Cunningham occasionally got pushback from pedestrians. In the course of the documentary, we see Cunningham stop his bicycle to photograph two women walking down the street, and the women do not appreciate it, with one of them saying, don't take a picture of us, I'll break that camera. In the documentary, The Times of Bill Cunningham, Cunningham said he found it hard to go into the streets because people's privacy is involved. He said he often saw photographs that he should have taken, but they, that he didn't take. He said he had been accused of a lot of things on the streets, even once accused of stealing someone's purse. But actually, the only thing he ever stole was their shadows, and those are his words. Clearly, Cunningham had some internal conflicts about uh, shooting people on the streets. So what's the takeaway here? Like all photography, different street photographers approach the genre with different techniques. Is it okay to make a photograph of someone on the street without their permission? It's not legal to use someone's likeness for commercial purposes like advertising without their explicit permission. But there's more latitude for purposes of art or editorial work. A person's likeness may appear on a photographer's website or on Instagram or in an art gallery exhibition or in a newspaper spread without their permission. What about the more aggressive shooters? Is it okay to get in a stranger's face with a flash if it results in a great photograph? Does the end justify the means? I'm not passing judgment. I'm just asking the questions. What's your opinion? Go to my anchor page and send an audio message and your message could appear in a future episode. Anyways, that's all I've got for this episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I'll talk to you again real soon.